In the beginning was the word. See, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? It's just Do you think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. And welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor John Finkeldy. Now, John's well known as a blogger, a, a bit of a radio guru. He does all sorts of uh, God spots across uh, the nation on different radio stations. He's also uh, authored a book, uh, a bunch of books, and really has a passion about growing healthy churches and teaching about leadership. Among other things, he's pastored C3 Church Hepburn Heights in Western Australia, uh, which is a church that's grown and planted many churches uh, all around uh, that part of the country. It's a blessing to have him on the line at the moment. How are you going, John? Hey, Matt. Great to be with you. Now, I got to meet you at a conference recently and really enjoyed your presentations. Very humorous, very creative, uh, very uh, uh, easy to uh, to listen to. Uh, but one thing I mentioned at the conference that uh, no one's ever seen you and the actor Tim Robbins in the same room together at the same time. <laughs> do, do you get likened to him a lot? Look, I have occasionally. I, I prefer, to, prefer to kind of link myself up with George Clooney. He's a bit more of a... <laughs> Kind of cool looking dude, but you know the Tim Robbins connection has been made before by others, so it's probably more closer to the truth than George. <laughs> now it's wonderful to connect with you today, and uh, I'd like to just find out a little bit about your life story before we uh, sure. talk a bit more about leadership. Uh, so tell us a bit about uh, what was your upbringing like, and how did you come to Christ? Yeah, born and uh, bred in Perth, and um, had a had a really wonderful childhood, really. I'm not raised in a Christian home, but uh, two really good parents. My dad was the uh, the typical quintessential uh, Aussie, loved his beer, loved his horses, um, working class sort of battler family. Mum was a nurse, um, but we, we lived a really good life. Uh, in Perth, grew up by the river, so learned how to fish and swim and prawn and crab around uh, Western Australia. So had a great uh, life, but probably in my mid-teens, really began to seek and search for what's the point of living, what's the meaning of life, was this kind of the 60s, early 70s hippie sort of thing, got into that and um, really started to try a whole bundle of different things, transcendental meditation, Buddhism, a bit of Hinduism, tried everything until finally meeting Christ at uh, 19. So what happened at 19? Uh, did you uh, stumble into a crusade or was it a vision of Jesus? What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nothing as romantic as that. Um, some of my friends uh, came to Christ, one of my best friends, um, kind of were six of us, a bunch of us were living in a house in a suburban part of Perth and... Uh, one by one, people in the house started to give their life to Christ. And so that kind of raised all sorts of questions and arguments. Um, I eventually decided to leave Perth, so I hitchhiked to Melbourne, got caught a plane to New Zealand. And within two weeks of landing in Auckland, I was in a church on a Monday night giving my life to Christ, um, kind of taken there by a Maori guy, Tat Ramaker, who I never knew anyone else in New Zealand, just rocked up in New Zealand, thought, can't find God in Perth, so I'll go and look for him in New Zealand. <laughs> sure enough, he was there. The land of New Zealand, hey? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> totally. totally. And I actually heard you share the story uh, where you honoured uh, this guy that led you to the Lord. Do you just want to share a bit about this bloke? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, he discipled me for the first four or five months of my Christian journey. He's just a great man. He's going to Bible college in this little apostolic church in Otara in Auckland. And then we lost contact with each other for 35 years, 36 years. And I was speaking at a conference 2009 in New Zealand and just threw it out there. Anyone happened to know Tat Ramaker, this guy, led me to the Lord. And guy in the front row threw his hand in the air and made contact. 
then we've tat on the phone and then uh, a year later in 2010 actually got to to meet him and uh, quite an amazing reconnection with him and he brought all his family and local community together and got me to preach to them and um, it was quite an overwhelming surreal moment that here we are 37 years later after him leading me to Christ actually reconnecting uh, to meet one another again and for him to realize you know all those years have gone past he hadn't know what happened to me or where I'd ended up or anything and it was a great chance to honor him and say to his family and his community and to him look Pat all the fruit that's come out of my life is your fruit because without you I wouldn't have come to know the Lord and uh, certainly wouldn't have been alive I was at the end of my tether by the time I got to New Zealand so Tat literally saved my life. You became a C3 pastor a bit later down the track, but what was what was your journey like after coming to Christ? Uh, how did you get back to Australia, and what, what did you do for your career in your early days? Yeah, I, I went to Bible college, Faith Bible College in Tauranga, and this is going back into the earlier 70s, and um, went there and kind of lived in New Zealand for about a year and then came back to Perth. And uh, because my teenage years have been fairly wayward and my relationship with my parents wasn't that flash. I hadn't been a, a, a great teenager for mum and dad. So went and lived at home for another four or five years before I got married. Just honoured my mum and dad and um, just, you know, kind of give them a taste of a better man <laughs> rather than a wayward teenager, <laughs> which was healing and helpful, I think, for them and for me. Um, then ended up in the church that we ultimately passed. I met Diane in the youth group. Had a variety of jobs, kind of just worked around. I, I'd never gone to university, and so just worked around. Worked in, and eventually worked in the government, federal government, for five years in the in the treasury department. But um, went into ministry. Met Di in, in youth group. Um, who kind of, you know, it was kind of um, rejection at first sight from her. She didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we ended up getting married, and then both had real strong desires um, to become pastors, to become ministers, to serve the Lord. Um, in planting a church, running a church, being on a church team, and so ended up on the pastoral team at our church. So, kind of learnt the ropes under a great pastor, our founding pastor of our church, Frank Holcran. He was he was a long term pastor. Um, really taught us how to love people, how to preach, how to minister, how to enjoy the presence of God. Um, he was a great teacher in, in all sorts of realms of pastoring and. Served him on his team for 10 years and then became senior pastor for the last 20 years of our church. So 20 years as a senior pastor, mm. and uh, I know your church grew to, what, about 1,000 people? Is that yeah. about the size yet? Yeah. And then you planted a number of churches. Uh, tell us about uh, that experience. Yeah, it was interesting where the church planting um, sort of passions came from. I was um, watching, you know, during that 10 years of serving with Frank, Frank Frank didn't have a, have a real huge passion for planting churches. So I saw a number of guys like me coming through our church with with a passion to pastor or plant a church, with only a limited number of opportunities within our church. And I could see these guys hankering to do something but having no outlet. And so when I became a senior pastor, we, we set a goal to really just start planting churches and we end up planning a new church every three years during the last 20 years and it really came out of seeing guys frustrated and not having an outlet and I thought we've got to do something intentional and strategic about this and make room for guys to get trained come up and not just stall somewhere waiting 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 to actually plant them out so um, we kind of got better at it 
you know, first one was just send a couple of families out and hope for the best and pray and God bless you and good luck. See you later. <laughs> but we're going to get far better at it as we went along, realizing, no, no, we need to put teams around people, make sure those teams are filled with strong uh, believers, people who are committed to it, uh, give them financial support, uh, kind of back them up, make sure they're mentored and coached through those early years as well. So by about the third plant um, we did through the 90s, we felt like, gee, we're really starting to nail this sort of thing. And it's been a joy to watch those churches grow and develop and um, you know become good churches and healthy churches in their own right. Uh, probably developing people is, is probably one of our... Probably one of our deeper passions in ministry. Now, I just uh, really was so blessed to hear you speak at this conference recently about, uh, you. you know, leadership and mentoring and serving. And I actually heard your wife share a message about serving, and she talked about how you dressed up one time at church, dressed up like a tennis guy, <laughs> and you hit tennis balls out into the crowd and talked about serving. Tell us about that message. Yeah, yeah, look, it's <laughs> occasionally I'm a bit out there. So, I, 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 every now, pretty well every year we do a bit of a recruitment drive to encourage people, look, don't just come and, and consume, be, be a contributor in our church. And so one, one year I put on the tennis gear and, and everyone unfortunately had to look at my li- lily white legs <laughs> up there on the platform with the, the t- tennis ball. And, and I was a bit crazy. I actually used real tennis balls. I should have used those little plastic golf practice balls but I was in tennis balls out into the crowd and kind of no one no one died fortunately <laughs> but uh, just talked about improving your serve and kind of played off all the tennis things getting it over the net and you know not not doing foot faults and this sort of stuff um yeah I, I think occasionally especially when you're pastoring we you know we handed our church over the earliest year but you're pastoring there 30 years it's hard to keep things fresh and especially on um, on kind of topics that people are familiar with, like serving or volunteering in the church. So I think you do have to switch it up, be a bit innovative, be a bit creative, or just be scary with lily white legs to kind of... <laughs> if you put those legs away, Pastor, we'll serve. Okay, now, good. <laughs> We've got it done. Now, I do love um, how you do use humor a lot uh, in your messages, and, and you're creative in the way you present the gospel, which is such an important thing these days because people yeah. have a very short attention span. Yeah. Uh, now, just looking at your website, growahealthychurch.com, yep. uh, one thing I've got to mention, too, is it's a brilliant uh, – you, you can download a free leadership book there. It's a brilliant book, too, so if people can download that at the website. Uh, what's uh, what's the focus of your ministry? You've now handed over your church. You're, you're traveling – and doing a lot of coaching and mm. uh, speaking at conferences. Tell us about the, the focus of the website and the, and the mission now. Yeah, look, after 30 years of pastoring, our, our passion is, and we, we, we left pastoring with a healthy church behind us and with, with a passion to partner with pastors to help them improve the health of their church. And however healthy your church is, you know, we feel like we can we can help it go up a, a notch or two or three. Um, and our passion has probably been over the years, especially the last 10, 15 years of developing leaders, developing pastors, developing people. So we're turning that passion and into, I guess, a full-time uh, approach by coming alongside pastors, doing some consulting with them, coming to their church for four days, have a look at all their church, and then I guess sit down with a warm heart, cool heads, fresh eyes, and say, look, here's a few things you could kind of improve in your church, here's a few things you could tweak. And probably one of the primary things, Matt, is is closing the gap between all the resources, the conferences, the information, the knowledge. I mean, there are so many resources out there and great conferences. 
but closing the gap between that and what, what the pastor has to do right on the ground at the coalface in their local church. So we come in alongside, can customise that, personalise that, take some of that information, knowledge and conference stuff that's out there, which there is loads of. There's probably too much in some ways, too many options. And actually sit with the pastor and say, look, um, we think if you kind of tweak that, if you lifted that, if you dialed that down a bit, if you push that a bit, um, we can close that gap, sit alongside the pastor. And, and a lot of it, to be honest, a lot of it is is actually putting courage and confidence into the pastor, saying, yep, you're doing great, keep going for that. Uh, I guess with our uh, years of experience, we're able to come and kind of say, look, you can do this. You can get through any scenario, Don. I've been through all sorts of valleys in those 30 years, as you do in life, and to be able to put some courage and confidence into pastors, it's it's more than just a hard-nosed consult expertise approach. It is bringing our heart for pastors into play when um, we help them out. You're listening to History Makers, and today we're speaking with John Finkelly from growinghealthychurches.com. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, you've got the gift of encouragement. You're a real exhorter, and you're really uh, able to bless and, uh, and stand alongside a lot of pastors. And it's certainly a good website, growahealthychurch.com. Now, John, before we go, uh, one thing I always like to ask in History Makers is uh, to find out you know, what is the gospel? You know, there are, there are some people listening to this right now that, are, that have heard your testimony. They've heard about how you, you were wayward in your teens and then you had this encounter with Christ, but they mightn't understand what the gospel is. Would, would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Yeah, man, really good question. I'd, and I'd have to relate back to when I was 19 and at 19, and this is not everyone's story, but it was certainly my story, is that I had a deep hunger for discovering the meaning of life. Why am I on the planet? Why am I created in this space and time? What's the purpose? And when I found Christ, the significant thing, there were two significant things I found when I put my faith in Christ, believing that he died for me on the cross, he rose again on the third day, that I might have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. When I put my faith in Christ, I discovered that you can actually get forgiven and feel forgiven. Forgiven is more than just a belief and a thought and a philosophy. Forgiveness is something you experience. And I remember experiencing on the night when I said, Jesus, I believe in you. I give you my future and my days. I'll follow you all my days. When I prayed that, Matt, I experienced forgiveness. It was quite a remarkable feeling to feel guilty. And I did have levels of guilt in my heart. And uh, then to feel that gone, washed away, it was quite, you know, it's a miracle, the miracle of forgiveness. And I think the second thing I found was that I had a purpose. Because I was really struggling as a, especially by the time I got to my later teens. What's the point? What's the deal? Is there any point? And discovering that Christ had made me, created me, and he didn't do that as a, as a joke. He, he did that for a reason. There was some purpose and intent in his creation of John Finkelty. And, uh, and I'm on that lifetime journey of discovering that, living that out. It's still unfolding. It'll unfold to the day. I uh, go to eternity, but um, discovering the fact that God made me with an intent and a purpose and I need to align with that has been the thrilling part, I think, for me of the, the good news that Jesus came, 
not only to die for me, to give me forgiveness, but also to give me a sense of, hey, I made you for a reason. Walk in that path. Well, John Finkelder, it's been so good to hear from you today. And if people want to find out more about uh, your ministry, or maybe people have been impacted by what you've shared today and want to uh, get in contact with you, the website is growahealthychurch.com. And there you'll find uh, links, a free uh, leadership book to download, uh, also links to Twitter and Facebook, all those other goodies you're involved with. And, uh, mate, it's been such a blessing to have you on the show today. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.